0: How you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you?
0: I'm good. How's COVID treating you?
1: <laughs> I'm not on an incubator yet. Those days are coming. They're coming for us all.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't. That and
0: riots. Time of this recording. It might, obviously, we uh, record a few, two or three weeks before the album, the album, the album drops. Two or three weeks before the episode drops. But uh, as of now, yeah, there's some good old fashioned rioting. Nothing in Canada yet that I'm aware of. Yeah. um, Have you heard of anything in Canada? I haven't. No. It's a good
1: thing we don't get the internet up here. That's probably why we don't know what's happening. That is a good thing. I'm starting to think if the internet's actually as great as everybody (laughs) wanted us to believe it was. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I know. I love doing the podcast. I would willingly sacrifice my tens and tens of listeners to not have a podcast if it meant no internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can Uh, go back to buying CDs... Uh, renting videos of Blockbuster. I kind of miss those days,
1: I admit. Yeah, I don't think social media has helped very much in the last four or five years. I think it's been actually, you know, this is just me. I think in many ways it's been harmful. hmm It gives a voice to negativity.
0: And unfortunately, it seems, it, again, this is just my experience too, in my opinion and my experience. And negativity seems to, you know, if it bleeds, it bleeds, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It uh-huh. amplifies amplify the negativity. I remember like Facebook, you know, when we first started using Facebook, it was just fun, lighthearted, yeah. family friend interactions. Hey, I went camping. And now <laughs> it's just turned into pushing agendas from anything under the sun, right? Whatever tickles somebody's fancy.
0: Yeah, speaking uh, of pushing agendas, that's almost all I use it for is to Say, hey, I released a new podcast episode. That's almost, I do a couple of family photos, but I never comment, like, rarely on politics, religion, sexuality, you name it. It's either here's a new podcast episode,
1: and here's a picture of my kids having a picnic. Exactly. I just can't do it. But we're friends on Facebook, so you see all the stuff I post. You're great. It's just family, and I just wish it kind of went back to that. Instead of people just sharing other people's articles, <laughs> like it's just sharing. Look what I read. I thought was so important that I need to make you woke about. Because <laughs> obviously, no one on my friends list is as woke as I am. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell what yeah. you what to think, how to feel. And on that note,
0: let's uh, talk about the worst of the best. <laughs> spreading negativity. We're gonna pick
1: the worst. I- <laughs> I think we already are, aren't we? That's right. Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it. So here's what you get. From Canada, Ryan and Jason.
0: All right, welcome to the Worst of the Best Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me today, returning guest host, my older brother, Jason. How you doing?
1: Hey, good. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I think this is your first non-music episode, and we should also let our listeners know this is your pick. (laughs) I let you pick today's topic, and I regret it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate giving me a little bit of a longer leash on your show. Yes, I did pick Mm -hmm. a, a topic I think that would be Easy to talk about, in that it will be fun. Sure, yeah, yeah, there's... (laughs) Pretty pretty lighthearted subject matter.
0: Agreed. And in today's climate that we kind of preambled about a little bit, yeah, it's nice to just take our mind off the craziness and and as important as many topics are that are happening in the world, of course, we want to add a little bit of levity and a little bit of uh, fun and something a little bit gross at the same time. That's today's episode. This is 10 Ways to Make Money from disgusting habits who of us didn't grow up being told you know don't chew your nails or stop picking your nose i tell my kids like all day (laughs) hey uh so-and-so stop digging there get a kleenex or one of my kids is a weirdly a habitual nail biter chewer and i never see him do it i go to cut his nails and like three of them are chewed down to the nub and i'm like when did you do this i never see you do it though children and some adults may not realize that the fact is the human body is fairly nasty and it's normally a good idea to try to mask our grotesque bodily habits for the good of our social image. So most of us, like you and I, Jay, we grow out of our grosser habits by the time we're adults or at least only indulge in the secret, usually. Now, I agree that the human body is kind of gross. Everything about it is sort of gross. Except for attractive people, the body.
1: <laughs> Even what? they can participate in a disgusting
0: habit. Right, of course. But maybe that's why we like good looking people. Because it masks everything that the body does, even with good looking people. You think of the best looking girl or guy, depending whatever your sexual attractions, I don't care, for our conversation, Jason. Think of the best looking woman that you can think of. She still poops.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say, and then you watch them walk out of you know the store with a you know a big box, a big of, we box of toilet paper. <laughs> they are like, oh, you do that too.
0: Yeah. She still has to blow her nose and toots and poops and all that good stuff. So, But people do have a weird fascination over the disgusting, and for some, few, there's also fame and fortune to be found behind this stigma. Jason and I are going to go over 10 examples. These might not be the best examples, but these are 10 examples of ways in income, people have made money from their gross habits. Fair warning... (laughs) Uh, we'll try not to be too graphic. This is an audio podcast. There's no video. Everything we say, you can Google if you want. It's all Googleable. There's images for everything, videos for everything. But here's number 10. I'll start with number 10. Number 10 is pooping for profit and purpose. I did the purpose. I
1: haven't made money off of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. This is how this one works. There is bacteria that's called... C. difficile, I don't know if I'm saying that right, C. difficile that affects nearly half a million people in the United States alone. So the symptoms include like water, diarrhea, cramping,
1: which can even reach fatal consequences. I saw the COVID deaths Mm -hmm. in the world and they show like that moving chart and diarrhea was still within the top 15 or so causes of death in the world. It's amazing that it's still an issue. Yeah,
0: so they're trying to figure things out, how to obviously fix this issue because it is serious. So to counteract this dangerous infection, a course of antibiotics is usually prescribed, but antibiotics do not discriminate between harmful and helpful bacteria. So during the course of treatment, some 2,000 different kinds of stomach bacteria, most are very helpful, are also killed. So worse yet, C. difficile can be difficult to permanently destroy and the tenacious invader will sometimes repopulate even after a course of antibiotic treatment. So here's the solution. Fecal matter transplants. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's exactly what you think it is, folks. (laughs) These transplants are the result of taking the rich gut biome from a healthy human stool sample and distilling it into a pill to be taken by someone suffering from C. difficile. This replenishes the population of helpful bacteria as well as assisting in the elimination of C. difficile from the body. But not just any poop can be used for fecal matter transplant. Out of 1,000 prospective donors, only 4% of them qualify after rigorous medical testing. Extremely healthy poop is a rare commodity, one worth paying for. Donors can make $250 for five samples a week, or 13000 a year as compensation. But it isn't just about the money, of course. Mark Smith, co-founder of Fecal Matter Transplant Company, he says... We get most of our donors to come in three or four times a week, which is pretty awesome. And you're usually helping three or four patients out with each sample, and we keep track of that, and we let you know how it went. That's (laughs) awesome. This is obviously not a picking your nose habit. This one is obviously a medical thing. So we all poop, I mean, habit doesn't mean it's something you can avoid. Pooping is a habit we all do. That just means something that you do regularly. What's amazing here? I really got to tip my hat to the medical field in general. The fact that they can come up with this stuff—I've always said—if the world was up to me and my ability to solve problems, we'd all be dead. Like, there's—I no, don't know how to yeah. fix anything.
1: Well, so, we definitely wouldn't be doing the podcast, right? We, because
0: uh, there would be no internet. I wouldn't be able to figure yeah. out how to create the internet, create electricity. I've always said, if this—if the world history only maxed out with my brain capacity, we'd still be eating raw meat
1: (laughs) we'd be dead yeah yeah we'd be dead
0: (laughs) tip my hat to the fecal transplant company and for the help that they're giving people yeah jay would you want to donate your poop though is it worth your time
1: i'm doing it anyways Monsters will get paid for it do you think
0: your poop is healthy though it's a rare commodity you only have a four percent chance of being a worthy poop (laughs) no 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 i doubt it do you bring it in like a Ziploc bag or
1: Tupperware container?
0: <laughs> I guess it depends or, on the day.
1: <laughs> or you're like, uh, I better go over and see uh, Mark Smith at the fecal matter transplant. I'm, uh, I'm feeling a movement coming on. I better make my way over.
0: I'm glad yeah. they take a pill. I actually thought they would... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> That doesn't matter. <laughs> Insert the poo in the... the
1: anyways. Honestly, honestly, when I scanned this list and made it, I hadn't read it. I actually thought that's what they were doing. Yeah. That's what you do with transplant, right? You're taking one thing yeah, and yeah, replace yeah. it. With- yeah. You're digesting it. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. In a pill form, you're just gulp. <laughs> if you were to burp? <laughs> yeah, if you burped after you took the pill. <laughs> oh, stop
0: Oh, that's so gross. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, bro, what did you have for dinner last night? <laughs> bro- oh, broccoli. If all oh, you would taste it, you just vomit. Yeah, it's a waste of a pill because you think you just vomit out the bacteria. Okay. Uh, yeah, moving on. We told you that that was a safe one. We got more. All right.
1: Yeah, so uh, number nine on the list is fast food and weight gain for science. Researchers at Washington University um, wanted to see the correlation between weight-related diabetes and hypertension as they observed people's gain in weight. Participants were asked to consume an extra thousand calories (laughs) of fast food every day in order to put on the pounds so they could understand the development of these other health issues. For meeting the goal of increasing their weight by 5 to 6% over the course of three months, the participants were given up to $3,500. Now, that sounds like it's an easy task, but the men and women who participated did not enjoy the process. Yeah, they found that it was uh, more difficult than they thought it would be.
0: Well, you ever um, seen that movie, Super Size Me, the documentary? Right, yeah. And I assume yeah, that's absolutely. what they're experiencing. When you eat really poor Food, especially fast food. It's yeah, it's fun to think. Oh, I get to eat McDonald's or Burger King every day. It's a fun thought, and I guess there are some people to do. I hate to say you might imagine in your head what that type of person might look like. I'm not passing judgment. I'm not even going to say what you just in your own brain you think what somebody might look like that eats fast food every day. Okay, I would
1: suspect those are some of the people that are needing uh, the fecal matter no oh. transplants. <laughs> it's thirty five hundred bucks to gain five to six percent of pounds.
0: Yeah, so it's a three month process. They're getting three thousand five hundred dollars for three months, which is about a thousand bucks a month, thousand plus a month. Sure, this is actually is another one that helps for a good cause. So the nasty habit or the bad habit would be people already are overeating. You could almost imagine maybe some of these people thought it would be fun to do. I would suspect they wouldn't get somebody who was already in danger of diabetes. They'd probably get somebody who was quote unquote a normal, healthy kind of body, and just yeah. say, here, let's just put you on this experiment for three months. That's why it's only three months. And to do
1: that every day for
0: three months. Well, that's what I mean. With the super size like me, he only did day. it for one month. Yeah. But that was every meal. It was every meal was a McDonald's meal. I think right. for them, so, they're they're just doing whatever the calorie is needed for, which doesn't take much. I think one Big Mac alone is a 1,000 yeah. calories. Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. The very rare occasion that I would go to McDonald's, you know, maybe four times a year or whatever. It's not very often. It's quite rare. It sounds more appealing. And you're usually doing it out of like emergency, not emergency, but I'm really hungry. I'm on the road. I need to grab a few calories. And you think that, oh, this is going to be a good experience. It ends up never <sighs> feeling good. You feel like, why did I just do that? I don't know about you, almost every time I feel like, why did I just do that? Yeah, I know. It's always regret. It's always regret. (laughs) Yeah, regret. That's the word. Yeah.
0: Because it's convenient. It smells good. It even tastes good on your tongue. I wish there was some sort of pill or not pill or even (laughs) some sort of eating experience where you could just taste a Big Mac in your mouth without the effects, you know, just bite it and take another bite, but it dissolves in your mouth like a dissolving Big Mac. It dissolves. Into the ethos somehow, <laughs> I love a Big Mac, but I haven't had one. I've mentioned this before on the show, but I'm on keto. I don't eat Big Macs. I love a right. Big Mac. It's I love the burger. I love the way it tastes. But yeah, an hour two hours later, like, oh, you know, why? Yeah. I spent $12 on this meal, could have saved the money, and is eaten a proper meal at home. <laughs> well, speaking of a, of a bad Big Mac or McDonald's food, sometimes you get gas. <laughs> Right? You get gas after McDonald's or fast food. Well, we're going to go back in time a little bit. So here's a specific example of somebody making money off farting. Okay, in the late 19th century, a boy named Joseph Pugel discovered that he had an odd talent while swimming on a trip with his family. So during his swim, he had a strange cold sensation inside his gut. Panicked, he went ashore to a private place and watched as liters of water evacuated from his rump. <laughs> I've actually heard of this, that people are able to intake. (laughs) Uh, I know there's colleges that it's called uh, funnel drinking or something like that. (laughs) Oh, boy. So anyway, so his doctor was unworried. And so Pujol didn't think anything of it again until years later, when encouraged by his friends to repeat the feat. So I guess he told the story to everyone. Like, hey, I went swimming and water filled up into my, you know, intestines (laughs) and I was able to it out. It was then that he discovered that this wasn't a one-off event. He had the unusual ability to inhale liquid or air into his rear end and release it on command. And from that moment on, he began to nurture his newfound talent. So eventually, he put his skills on display as a performer. As one would do, this is something somebody could do in the 1800s. you know. So under the name Le Pedal and began putting on shows, he dazzled his audience with an array of different farts, each one described for the benefit of his fans. This is where I wish they were able to record this for YouTube. (laughs) I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Well, I'm sure there's people that can do it today. In fact, I did personally, Jason, I personally knew of somebody that could actually do this. I couldn't believe it. He told me that he could suck in air through his anus. And fart on command, and he did, and I was like, that's unreal. And I was actually kind of jealous. It's like burping, right? People can just burp on command, and they burp, yeah, and yeah. they can do different levels, and and uh, some people are can just do incredible belching. I've never been able to do the belching, but when I know one's coming, I can let it rip. If it comes natural, I can make it rip, but I can't yeah. do one on command. So this guy obviously has the same ability as my friend who was able to fart on command. A small, quiet fart, he would liken it to a bride on her wedding night. and then a messy, loud slop of a fart was the same woman two weeks later. (laughs) That's brutal. (laughs) Wow, this show was for adults only. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. A a prolonged 10-second fart was likened to a dressmaker ripping a cloth in two, and he even emulated the blast of a cannon with a loud burst from his butt. So the journalists, of course, came to the shows, and they wrote, people were literally writhing about. Women, stuffed in their corsets, were being carried out by nurses. People were laughing so hard that they were fainting, and they had to be carried out.
1: That's amazing.
0: Later in his act, he used the talent to smoke two cigarettes at once. I guess his pants were down. In the rousing finish to the show, he would play famous tunes on an ocarina using a hose that channeled his farts into wind for the instrument. So literally, a wind instrument. <laughs> wow. Wow. He became an amazing success and at one point was the highest paid performer in all of France. He stayed in show business until after World War I when he retired from the stage to continue life as a baker. He died at the age of 88 and after his death a medical school in Paris asked to examine his remains to help better understand how his anus performed the miracles it did. His family declined by saying, quote, There are some things in this life which simply must be treated with reverence. <laughs>
1: Have a really low standard for reverence. <laughs> I love how they had the family. Yeah, family statements by the family. They're like, all standing around on the podium, news conference, and saying, "We're going to make a statement on the death of." Jay, can you imagine if this was our dad? <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. was somebody's father. Like this was somebody's dad. Could you imagine his first date with somebody, like, having to broach this topic with somebody that you know he's going on a date with, or. Hey, just so you know, this is what I do. He was the highest paid performer in France at one point. That's amazing. Yeah. All because of that swimming trip. If he never went swimming that day. I'm kind of speechless, actually. I don't know what to think of it. I mean, he just made lemonade out of lemons, I suppose. Oh, wait. I think we have a video. What? Yeah, stand by. Okay.
0: Well, it did say World War One, so I was wondering if maybe there might be some old-time video. Yeah. Here he is here. Farting it on film in 1900 Play it for you here, just one sec, share it This video, believe it or not, only has 334 views Oh, I see, it is a silent but funny film Silent but violent <laughs> Silent but deadly <laughs> <laughs> So it kind of takes away the purpose of Obviously for our listening audience But let's just, uh, Jason, you and I For the sake of right now we're recording Just take a look at what At least what he looked like And if you want to go on YouTube, guys, go ahead And take a look at, this is called, so L-E space P-E-T-O-M-A-N-E, Farting on Film. They did film it. You see it, Jay? Yeah. Okay. So there's the machine. He's telling the audience to wait, and he's leaning in towards a megaphone. He's like, no, 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 I've got more. I've got more. It looks like he's saying, like, he's waving his hands around. And no, he goes back into the megaphone thing. Oh, you like that one? Ta-da. Done. (laughs) Oh, he's going back into it. He's backing into it. He's lifting up his turncoat to not block the air. Wow.
1: wow that
0: was the real thing that was him performing in front of a studio audience
1: man it's kind of like the performer at a rock concert or whatever they put their hands to the ears and want the crowd or encourage the crowd to be louder
0: and i guess you would have to wait for the laughter
1: and the uproar's laughter to end so he could you know continue yeah. his show right okay yeah speaking of success a lot of people like to overeat to gain their success in life You know, we've all seen those hot dog eating contests or whatever, those food eating contests. And a lot of people make their money doing that. So one man is Joey Chestnut, who is one of the most successful competitive eaters in the world. He's held records and won competitions the world over, including the feats of eating 32 double patty hamburgers in 38 minutes. Jeez, how? Oh, that's one burger a minute. Yeah, double patty (laughs) <laughs> eating 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes and 413 chicken wings in 12 hours. The chicken wing one, I'd be happy to attempt. <laughs> I'm wondering if he's just going, I'm just going to eat as many as I can until I can't eat anymore. But those other ones are obviously, he's eating against other competitors, I right. guess. And so they have to do as many as they can within a period of time. Yeah. His skills at overeating aren't for nothing. In 2010, Mr. Chestnut earned $218,500 for his eating prowess. Though he admits that it isn't always easy, after setting a new world record for hot dog eating in 2018, he said about his body afterward, it's not pretty, bro. There have been some double (laughs) flushes.
0: I wonder if his poop would be eligible for the fecal transplant.
1: I doubt it. I suspect he has no healthy bacteria left in his gut. And there's a picture of him here, wolfing oh, down. <laughs> <laughs> of all the pictures they could share, that's not a good one. Looks like good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
0: for our listeners, he's not
1: big. No, a lot of these eating guys
0: actually aren't. They probably Seriously. just do it for the sport, and they don't eat that way obviously every day. I don't know how they prep themselves. I, I don't know. I don't know how one trains to be this but remain thin.
1: Yeah, there are strategies. I've seen, you know, a video here and there over the years about these competitions. There is a strategy. It's too much for me, man. You've seen the
0: film uh, Stand By Me, right? Yeah. Remember the pie eating contest scene? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's such a great scene. They're talking about the fat kid eating the blueberry pie or whatever it was. Then he ended up vomiting on
1: everyone. It was sort of... Yeah. <laughs> <vomiting>. <laughs> I suspect there's a lot of vomiting at these competitions. Oh, okay.
0: Get that lump in your throat a little bit? Yeah. Well, after you have a good meal, sometimes you burp. Number six, belching also, Jason, is a sport. The current record for the length of burp stands at 1 minute 13 seconds. This colossally long belch has gone unchallenged since 2009. A glorious sport it is, but not really one that pays, so to make money in this competitive field requires being in the right place at the right time, like everything in life. For some fortunate few women, the right place was St. Louis, and the right time was 2014. The call went out for actors to star in a soda company's new commercial, and the skill they needed above all was burping. An ad went up on Craigslist, offering to pay $750 for each actor, as well as drinks and snacks provided on the day of filming to help coax out the necessary belches. The ad read, Burps of any size are welcome, from small, quiet burps to monstrously loud belches. Thankfully, no previous acting experience was required. All right, so that's a okay one. So they, they had an ad saying, We'll pay you money to come burp. Better, the bigger, the better. But let's see if we can find that world record burp. I hate burps. There's something about burping that just... <laughs> I agree. I'm glad you're bringing that up. I'm the same way. Like a silent fart always smells worse. A loud burp, you're kind of like, okay, all right. But they, but when people are around
1: me and they do, <laughs> Okay. I'd rather hear a fart than a burp. I'm just gonna say that. There's something about funny about farts. Yes. I'd actually rather There's, smell a fart than smell a burp. I mean, yes. There's something really disgusting about a burp, and it really
0: is a... I totally agree. You and I are on the same page. And I tell yeah. it to Becky, and she's always confused yes. by that.
1: Okay. Yeah, my kids always say, I don't understand. Why are
0: you so bothered by burps? I talk to your mouth. And so to me, the mouth, and that's what you're looking at when someone you when you're speaking to somebody. So when they go... <laughs> <laughs> And We all have smelt. we have all smelled, it's raw, it went, it went right from their mouth to your nose, like there's no, it was a direct hit.
1: <laughs> there's no comedy in a burp. No. But they're funny-ish about, party. that's just how I feel. Uh, I'm the same how way. Good, feel- good,
0: good. We, good we might have a few listeners who agree. This apparently is the loudest burp in the Guinness Book World, this is from the Guinness Book World Records YouTube channel guy from britain i guess
1: okay <laughs> uh it's so gross All right. <laughs> i can't i'd rather listen to a fart <laughs> me too me too i would laugh and not be sickened okay talk about being sickened we're, i'm not watching the video <laughs> no either am i that's why we're not gonna watch this video <laughs> professionally popping pimples uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, uh the standard recommendation for pimples is to resist the urge to pop them ourselves but rather to find an over-the-counter solution and failing that to visit a doctor for help. They are after all trained and can perform any required popping in a sterile environment but most of us ignore this advice despite the risks of scarring and infection popular zits is a satisfying if disgusting experience. Unlike most items on the list though, being employed to perform this task isn't a limited opportunity career. There are tens of thousands of people being paid to do this disgusting deed. They are skin specialists, doctors called dermatologists. Now, not only is this a lucrative career path on its own, paying on average 345,000 a year in the United States, some doctors take it a step further. There's that Dr. Sandra Lee, AKA the Dr. Pimple Popper, Buhosa hosts a YouTube channel where she displays particularly yeah. difficult or fascinating dermatological cases. The channel has more than 6 million subscribers. I
0: can't believe that many people. The more people watch the videos, that's how many actually subscribe so they don't miss any new content. Yes. And there
1: is content. Okay. Uh, I've left
0: that. <laughs> And the content is coming out of
1: people's skin.
0: Okay. Stop.
1: I can't. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I can just visualize the amount. Okay. Every once in a while, for some reason, the algorithms will show me this person or somebody doing that. I never watch. I don't want to see it. No. I guarantee you, out of those 6 million
0: subscribers, 95% of them are women. Yes. Girls, for whatever reason, they love to watch this stuff. I don't understand it. I don't think very many guys
1: watch this. That would be an interesting uh, stat to find out. And I would tend to agree. There's uh, some innate evolutionary thing that's going on in that uh, mind process of wanting to see things get squished out of other people's skin. Well, somebody did ask Dr. Pimple
0: Popper why anyone watches this stuff.
1: Yeah, it says uh, it's part fascination, part can't look away, not unlike watching a car accident. There's also something satisfying in the resolution, like something is being removed that should be there, and now the skin has been cleansed of an impurity. I would rather watch a car accident any day. <laughs> I get the uh, part fascination, but other than that, I'm not on board.
0: Well, actually, I'm more on board with the uh, getting rid of something that doesn't belong in there. I understand that. and that's Oh, sure.
1: Yeah. Do you remember when I was a teenager, I had pimple pills? Ryan, you were always teased for your pimples. <laughs> of all the brothers, you had the more...
0: I did have more acne than you guys, and it's funny. I look at back in pictures. I didn't. I wasn't quite covered like the way I thought I was. I mean, when you're younger, you just feel like one pimple feels like a thousand. Yeah, you'd always uh, bug me and say, "Hey, Ryan, did you take your pimple pills yet?" It was like <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. a, we we continuously teased you, and even to this day, I bug you. Yeah, you're like, "Hey, Ryan, are you popping pimples?" You know, <laughs> yeah. Like when I when I phoned you up, I go like, "Hey, am I interrupting your pimple popping?"
0: <laughs> Here we are in our 40s.
1: I know, and I'm still teasing you. Oh.
0: I, I, if I die before you, I want you to uh, say that Ryan's the Great Beyond popping his pimples. <laughs> uh, I will. You, you'll die before me, so that, and I'll say that's what you get for making fun of me.
1: Oh, yeah, That's karma. Your karma. Uh,
0: if you ever had a whitehead or anything, I hate it when people say, don't squeeze that. And like, no, no, you're not going to walk around. Nobody walks
1: around with a whitehead. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, unknowingly. They'd rather have a scar. Um, yes, the
0: whitehead. <laughs> <the> white <laughs> if my face was full of craters from pimple popping, so I would say, hey, why? Why do you have so many craters on your face? And I said, because I refused to walk around with a white bulbous <laughs> balloon <laughs> on my face. I'd rather have a scar. I'd rather have a scar tissue than walk around for five seconds with a white bulbous pimple on my face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I took matters in my own hand and I took care of it. I had the scars to prove it.
0: I, the people that say that don't pop pimples because of the scarring, or people that have clear skin, like, shut up. No, or they're all hypocrites. Yeah, of course. Nobody's never not popped a whitehead when they've seen it. Get out of here. Jay, you got number four. Oh, I got number four. Okay. Yeah. So money in exchange for spit. When researchers, <laughs> when researchers are trying to make genetic discoveries, the classic approach would be to find people with the disease, then look for differences between their DNA and the DNA of someone without the disease. This can be an intensive process to find communicate with and finally sample the subject's DNA for the research. In other cases, some companies rely on huge collections of DNA with associated data on the donors to accurately trace the ancestry of a customer, but it can also be difficult to maintain a library of DNA from all types of people the world over. So people don't usually line the source up to give away DNA samples for free. So the answer to these troubles is used by such companies as Genos and DNA Simple. These companies will pay you for your spit or more precisely, the DNA contained within your spit and information about yourself. Another word would be saliva. You don't have to spit on the, on the sample. You could probably lick it. This data can be used to help match researchers with the right DNA donors easier. So DNA Simple pays a flat rate of $50 per sample and Genos offers to sequence your genome for around $500 and will then pay you $50 to $200 if your DNA can be used for a scientific study. While not a livelihood, there is more and more money to be made from people's saliva. DNA Simple secured a $200,000 startup loan from an investor in recent years and the industry is growing. While some are frustrated with the idea of being paid to participate in research, Sharon Terry, CEO of the Genetic Alliance, described the situation by saying, quote, some people might think it's bad to put any kind of commerce in health at all, but it's already in there. We just don't have any part of it. We patients. Everyone else makes a lot of money. The researchers are making money and they're getting the grants. Why not the people providing the spit? Perhaps the time has come to finally sell a valuable commodity we didn't know we had: our saliva or spit. Not too bad. I mean, like I said, when you're giving these samples, I'm sure they're not giving you a console swab. You just on it. here.
1: You're probably licking at uh, those. You know those strips things or whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Spit in general. If you're just thinking of spit, I hate seeing people yeah. spit. I was actually in the lineup, you know, like you're outside waiting for the bank. You know, they have us all spaced outside on the sidewalk. And the guy in front of me during this time of pandemic did a big spit. And I'm like, um, spitting is gross to Mm -hmm. begin with, but to do it during this time of COVID-19 that we're dealing with, that is really, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, for research, it makes sense, right? To get people to help participate in research, you have to pay them.
0: Yeah, spitting itself is gross. I agree. You see in movies or TV shows when, when somebody gets spit in the face by an angry person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always like. I really hope that's fake. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Ugh. You have to pay me to be spit on. I'll tell you that much. A lot of money.
1: A lot. Yeah. There are people who get paid to scout out bathrooms. So we all need to use the bathroom, usually a few times a day, but sometimes desperately. We're in a new city or an unfamiliar part of the town. The urge strikes, where do we go? Where's the nearest bathroom? Will it be clean? Is there a bidet or a toilet paper? Do they charge? There's no time to answer these questions when we're holding back the floodgates. And with no guidance, there's no telling what unholy cast station or, <laughs> or side of the road bush we may be forced to use. It turns out, knowing the location and quality of nearby bathrooms is a service worth paying for, and there are apps that will indeed pay for that kind of information. One app called Toilet Finder paid $20 for some restroom reviews and $100 a week for regular copywriters. Writers contribute anonymously so that their subject matter can't be used against them by friends and family. Reviews are accompanied by a star rating from the reviewer and GPS location to help future bathroom goers to find the right place at the right time. Apps like this and others have hundreds of thousands of bathrooms logged
0: and reviewed the world over. It reminds me of a Seinfeld episode. I know you're not a Seinfeld watcher, but George, he would have loved this app because he always knew the the best places to pee at work and in public that were not used, that were usually clean. George would have been a great candidate for this app and or to creating this app. I wonder if those who made the app watch Seinfeld because that was in the 90s. This character
1: came up with the idea to know where all the best bathrooms were. See, that's the thing though. This is the key is that people may be able to find where these spots are, but at some point, if it becomes a popular location, the star rating for that particular bathroom, that secret bathroom that nobody is aware of might become degraded. Could be a great spot one day and then two weeks later, now that everybody knows about it,
0: hey, we're on this together. We're using this app. Let's, let's keep the integrity of these uh, toilets.
1: Thankfully, a lot of the gas station bathrooms nowadays do a pretty good job at providing a fairly clean environment. Of course, it can't always be because you just don't know. You could follow somebody that bathroom wasn't cleaned up afterwards. They are doing a fairly good job. And, you know, the signs are in the bathroom. Please leave the place respectable for the next person who's coming in. Or they'll say,
0: let us know if there's something to deal with in here. We'll take care of it, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm on the road quite often. I commute quite a bit from job site to job site. And we have found on our route where decent washrooms are. This is a, a useful app, I would think. During this COVID experience, a lot of bathrooms have been closed down. But a lot of these bathrooms that we used to enjoy, they've all been shut. Let's give a shout out to our long haul truck drivers who, uh, yeah, they got their uh, Tim Hortons opening up for them specifically so they can use... Washrooms And the general public haven't been able to use the Timor washrooms, but the truck drivers have. Yeah, that's good. If you
0: have a friend that's a long-haul truck driver, tell them about the worst of the best podcast because I tell you, that kills time for these guys listening to podcasts.
1: And they'll learn about this app if they don't know about it.
0: That's right. Number two, the ugh, regurgitating a living. Usually, most people don't like to vomit. I would say the majority of the people on Earth don't like or enjoy vomiting. The acid, the half-digested food, the smell—we we get it. You know, nothing about the experience is enjoyable, and this disgusting bodily function is something that most of us would do in all our power to avoid. I think my last two flu attacks, Jay, I've done without puking, and the pain that I'm in—I'll hold it in. I know if I go throw up, I'll feel better, but I hate it so much that I'll literally keep it in, and I'm like dying in pain as my body fights this virus. <laughs> I'm almost proud of myself, like, yeah. I beat this flu without puking. I would rather suffer a little bit longer than vomit. I don't know if anyone else has this battle, they battle as long as they can without going to the toilet. I know I'll feel better if I just go to the toilet and vomit, but I like not vomiting so much that I would rather suffer with the pain in my stomach.
1: That is fascinating. As much as I hate the idea of vomiting, as much as I hate the idea of being sick or watching somebody else throw up and be sick, I try to throw up because I cannot handle the feeling of being nauseous.
0: Yeah. You do feel better when it's done. I know it's one of those things where if I can't hold anymore and I I get it done, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I did this. But it's that initial, like the first one's coming. The first one, that (laughs) first, it's always that. It's a little
1: scary. It's like, here we go. Here we go. And I woke up the next day and I feel like it like a thousand crunches. Yeah. 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 We learned what goes
0: in should not come back up the same way. But for one man regurgitating what he had swallowed was a novelty he discovered as a child. That's a scary childhood. Can you imagine walking in on your kid, practicing this technique of putting things in his mouth and spitting them up? What he used to do, though, was he hid coins from other children in his throat. Ugh. Because he realized if he had money in his stomach, they wouldn't find it. He found that he could bring it back up again.
1: What the? so weird. I mean, it's like the guy that farted for entertainment. Same sort of at a young age, accidentally came across this talent, and now they're getting paid to... I mean, how poor is this family that you
0: got one of the siblings hiding money from his brothers? (laughs) He's like, I've swallowed this quarter. I'm sorry. He couldn't just think of putting it under a rock in the yard? (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. But then he's like, oh, man, now I've swallowed this quarter. How do I get... Oh, Here it is. But yeah, like you said, Jay, this was a skill that he put to use in show business. So Mr. Stevie starr I don't think that's his real name, has used his ability to put on acts on television shows like America's Got Talent and late night programs with Jay Leno and David Letterman, as well as live tours. So among the objects he swallows are light bulbs, coins, thumbtacks, and billiard balls. A performance of just swallowing and unswallowing would quickly grow redundant, so he took it to a higher level. He also swallows a cup of sugar, followed by a cup of water. And then he'll regurgitate the sugar, dry as a bone.
1: This is an illusion.
0: He'll also swallow ten numbered coins, then ask the audience to choose the order they return. What he swallows and regurgitates isn't limited to the inanimate. In some performance, he'll consume two live fish at the start of the show and then bring them back out perfectly healthy at
1: the end. This is becoming a trick. He had an acid stomach that would not bring up two live fish or healthy fish. I don't know how you can regurgitate... Sugar, dry. Or Two live Fish, an hour after your show.
0: Uh, two Life Fish, actually, funny enough, is the uh, failed spin-off rap group from Two Live Crew. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. All right. You got the last one, Jay.
1: Yeah, okay. Professional finger licker wanted. In polite company, licking our fingers after a meal is usually frowned upon. But for a company that has advertised finger licking good chicken for years, the habit was a badge of honor. The restaurant chain, Kentucky Fried Chicken, has recently started a campaign to find the most highly qualified finger licker in the world to be the new face for their upcoming ad series. Their announcement on Twitter asked, have you ever caught yourself licking your fingers and thought to yourself, I'd look decent doing that on a billboard? The ongoing search is asking prospective professional finger lickers to submit a Twitter with the hashtag KFC with a 280 character or less explanation of why their finger licking skills are worthy of the cause. Like so many items on this list, this one could still be about you. And then KFC's follow up tweet says, For the love of God, please keep it PG. <laughs>
0: that should be a funny one. Dad. Let's just
1: go look right now.
0: KFC Friar Me. I think the idea is to hire me, but I'm KFC Friar Me. All right, so let's uh, go to Twitter. Real quick, let's just see if we get any hashtags. Here's some uh, KFC Fryer Me. Ash444D said, I once fed a homeless person my KFC, and the smile on his face made me so happy, I went and bought him another.
1: Oh, I thought they were going to say, I went and licked his fingers. Yeah, that would
0: have been better. At Chris Skirt said, I've got really long fingers. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, imagine this went really bad. Yeah. Uh, the Colonel came to me in a dream. He said I was the chosen one. Can't argue with that. Someone said here 20 uh, wing bucket was my dessert after a mega box, large popcorn chicken, extra strip, and two tubs of large gravy. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have room
0: to lick their fingers after all that? I will say about the KFC, they're pretty clever with their social media. They only follow 11 people because of their secret herbs and spices. Yeah, 11 herbs and spices. They have 1.4 million followers. KFC only follows 11 people. They follow the five Spice Girls and six guys named Herb.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, they literally follow Jerry, Melanie, Emma, Mel C., Victoria, Beckham, the five Spice Girls, and then Herb Shribner, Herb Wesson, Herb Waters, Herb Dean, Herb Sendick and Herb Elpert. There we go. That is 10 things where people have or do currently make money off things that, basically, when I say discussing habits, things that you wouldn't necessarily want to watch people do. <laughs> but people get paid to do it. So, Jason, how this is going to work is, of those 10 things, I know you don't really want to do any of them necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. But of those 10 things, let's just say you were going to be paid Whatever the amount, but the amount is the same for every activity. Right. So the amount yeah. will be the same for every activity. Which one would you say of all of these ten? I need more money for this activity. <laughs> you got to pay me more. Everything else is a million dollars, let's say per activity, but you're gonna have to pay me more than a million to do this activity. So whatever that amount is.
1: So let's review: professional finger liquor, regurgitating, bathroom, scout, money in exchange for spit. Professional popping pimples, burping for cash, overeating, artsy fartsy, and then fast food for weight gain and pooping for
0: profit. Problem: there's one that I don't think I'm capable of doing, and there's one I don't want to do. Some of them aren't so bad. You know, sure, if somebody wants to watch me fart on stage, I'll fart on stage, whatever. Ha, ha Yeah, I'll get paid to fart on the stage. <laughs> I would eat uh, 400 chicken wings in 12 hours, try to, whatever, it's gross, but I would do that. If I was capable of regurgitating, the activity I would like to do the
1: least is
0: pop into the people's pimples.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Because, you know, things like burping for cash, that's me burping. I'm less threatened by my own burps, hearing somebody else's burp. But yes, popping other people's pimples for money, that would be the one that I would not want to participate in. We're in agreement. I think it's their first time. Yeah, it might be. This is a first time for
0: everything. Yeah, there is. All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I hope everyone has not lost their appetite and made it to the end. I think it's worth coming to the end. That was fun. Thanks, Ryan. Remember, in front of every silver lining, there is a cloud, and we're here to help you find it. Thanks again, everybody. jay that's it all right that's good i enjoyed it nice and easy yeah. oh yeah right on yeah all right brother take care yeah yeah thanks a lot right we'll talk Bye-bye. soon